0: I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24/7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. And welcome to the show. I'm Dan, the host today. And I want to welcome to the show another survivor. These survivor stories are very powerful. We hear back from listeners just like you that these help them to see where they are and help them to see themselves in situations and find the hope to get out. And today's Survivor story is one on what we're calling spiritual abuse. They're all forms of abuse, but it's always about power and control. And this one in particular is about spiritual abuse. So I'm going to let the survivor tell her story and what that means to her. Um, Tracy, welcome to I'm Not in an Abusive Relationship.
1: Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me.
0: So when we think of abuse being uh, power and control over someone else, That could be obviously in a domestic situation, an intimate partner. It could be a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or it could be uh, parents. It could be any number of things. But your story in particular is one, when you reached out to us, you said spiritual abuse. I can think of some things that that might feel like. What does that mean to you, Tracy?
1: So it means when somebody is an authority over you, uses their position, um, to control you, to manipulate you, to create an unhealthy fear in you, then it becomes abuse.
0: Okay. And when we bring the word spiritual in, does that mean a church person? Does that mean someone who helps with your faith? What does that mean to you then?
1: So in my case, it was the pastor of my church along with uh, those in authority over me within the church.
0: And this was a while ago, we want to make clear. this. If someone happens to recognize your voice or anything else, or the church that you go to now, this is not where you are anymore. This was some time ago, yes? Correct. Okay. And what does that look like then? Let's let's get into your story a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about what kind of spiritual abuse you faced?
1: Okay, so I kind of want to start with a little bit of a foundation here. Mm -hmm. I had already had experienced sexual abuse um, when I was uh, in around the second grade um, and early on. And so I had kept that as a secret um, for many, many years of my life up until my 40s. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we uh, began attending the church, that um, I experienced this through. I was in the sixth grade. So life for me around third grade to sixth grade, um, I was feeling like a pretty happy child and doing normal things that a child would do, um, hanging out with their friends in a public school um, and just uh, having those experiences that children need. Um, And then my parents got connected with a independent fundamental church Um, And life, as I knew it, changed, and it began to change drastically. And so um, one of the first things I remember was um, I was pulled out of the public school and set in a private school, and then um, my friends that I had, I was no longer allowed to associate with. And so really it became um, my parents picking out exactly who I could hang out with um within the private school um within the church and then it just got a little more drastic after that then they pulled me out of that private school and put me in another smaller private school to the point where I ended up being homeschooled to the point where I ended up not finishing school because one of the things is was that women um were raised to be married be housewives and not work and be independent or go to college And so that was what I was experiencing in the middle of that. Um, But during my uh, younger years within that church, um, there was a lot of things going on that seemed confusing to me um, and abuse happening around me and to me. So when I say abuse, I'm talking uh, spiritual, emotional, um, and physical. And if I can break that down a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. So as things were being removed, um, I'm talking TVs were removed out of the house, worldly music, um, the way we dressed, it was almost like we were all cookie cutters, and so all the women looked alike, all the men dressed alike, um, and so it seemed like the identity was based upon the system and what the system brought to the congregation or the pastor brought to the congregation. And so we were all, it just seemed like everybody was alike. Um, And so there was many times um, I was pulled in the pastor's office and uh, his daughter and I were best friends. And that was one young lady that I could hang around with because she was within the church. It was actually me and two other girls that we could hang out um, because we were all in the same church. And he would bring me in and he would say things like, I, I know that, you know. Um, And so it would bring a fear in me that if I didn't tell, then I was going to get in trouble. But if I told, then his daughter would get in trouble. So I, I would tell out of fear and then she would normally get spanked um, and then later come in and show me the bruises on her backside. So these were some of the things that I experienced. Um, They um, gave out paddles that were created by a man in the church. And it was uh, a paddle that was used to spank us, to discipline us. Um, But the spanking was to the point of breaking your will. And God gave us a will for a reason, and it wasn't to be broken. Um, and so those are some of the things that I experienced in the middle of that, a lot of manipulation, um, a lot of control, a lot of fear. I remember, uh, just being heightened in fear a lot, being heightened in anxiety, things that I couldn't identify as a child, but I know now as an adult, what was happening. Um, and so I stayed in that church, um, all the way up, uh, into my 20s um i ended up marrying a man that i had to get married to the the church forced me to marry him because we had sex before we were married and um i wasn't ready to get married i was 18 um and later i found out that he didn't even want to get married but we we got married and we were told to lie about why we got married um And uh, so I stayed in that marriage for 12 years. And it was an abusive marriage. Um, A lot of control and a lot of fear in that marriage. Um, My husband at the time was an emotional abuser. And so there was a lot of mind games going on. But I want to back up a little bit because when I was 16, I ended up uh, running away with a boy from the church. um, And That boy ended up raping me, and instead of being sympathetic when they found me and brought me back home, um, I was actually brought before the whole entire church to confess my wrongdoing, and then I was taken out of the church school, out of the youth group, and I had to sit with my parents um, to be made an example of, of what you shouldn't do as a teenager. And so those are some of the things that I went through. Um, and then I was watching other kids my age or younger. Um, there was molestation going on. There was the beatings uh, that were going on that shouldn't have been happening. And so it was really you know, a controlled environment that these families were trying to keep their kids in. Um, the thing is, they would say that you're not in the world Um, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And so they wanted to shelter us from everything in the world. Um, and so that created a huge mess within me, um, identity, believing that God was this God that just wanted to punish me all the time. Um, never feeling that I was good enough to fit in. And so I ended up, uh, Wanting out of it, and I just didn't know how to get out of it. So let me move ahead, and I'm sorry that I kind of skipped. No, but let me move ahead. This is all um, your story,
0: Tracy. This is. Uh, then let me just throw in here real quick. Uh, I'm sorry that you faced this, and I'm sorry that it was the hands of those who should have been caring for you, who were in authority over you, and who abused that authority. And it sounds like took a lot of things way, way out of context. Um, I, I'm sorry. And I'm glad that you're able to tell the story now for others to be able to find hope in it. So go ahead and get back to however you want to bring us through this, please.
1: So I would go to my um, parents and uh, I would go to my pastor about my marriage. Um, But I was always told that I needed to stop being rebellious, that a woman was to honor their husband, and I needed to step it up. Take care of my house and do the things that a woman would needs to do, and so I felt very alone, very conflicted. Um, I did not love the man that I was married to. I really didn't even know what love was at that point. For 12 years, I stayed in a marriage, and I really didn't know what love was. I knew what it was like to follow the rules, to be this good wife, to do all the right things, but I didn't know what true love was. And uh, so I stayed in that marriage um, and we had two beautiful children out of that marriage. But I remember at one point I decided that I was going to wear pants um, because we were all made, all the women wore dresses or culottes. And mind you, these culottes had to be pleated front and back. They had to look like a dress. We, we did, just didn't wear the things that the world was wearing and i remember showing up at my parents house and in a pair of pants and my mom had said to me um you need to go you're not welcome here in pants and that god was going to punish me by killing my daughter and at that point i felt just so scared all the time because i always thought god was out to get me, that it didn't, like I said, it didn't matter what I did or what I was going to do. Um, So I was very heightened in anxiety and I didn't know what anxiety was at the time. Um, I remember there was a time when um, I suffered from postpartum blues severely and my husband went to the pastor. My husband at the time went to the pastor because the doctor wanted me on medication and the pastor told him that I shouldn't be taking medication. So I suffered a lot through that. I suffered with a lot of depression and anxiety. And so those are some of the things that were happening. Um, And I I wanted out of that 12-year marriage so bad. And I just didn't know how to do it. All I knew was what I knew. I'd been in that church from the sixth grade all the way up into my 20s. And it's what I knew. And... I didn't know how to work a job. Um, I didn't have I didn't think I had the skills to work a job because like I said we were told women were to be housewives and so I found myself fantasizing how can I get out of this marriage? How can I get out of this this church out of everything that I was going through and I began to study the Bible On the requirements to get out of a marriage, and that would be to cheat on your spouse. And this is really hard because when I look at what I did now, it's like, wow, how could somebody go that far to get out of something that is hurting them? And so um, I ended up uh, cheating with the young boy who raped me because it was safe. And even though it wasn't safe, but he was what I knew. And then I ended up going to the pastor of the church and telling on myself because I learned what it looked like to tell on myself and others, because that happened to me frequently when I was called into the pastor's office. And I remember, the pastor and his wife putting me in their car and driving me to my house. And I remember thinking, this is my way out. This is going to be it. And I remember sitting across from my husband at the time and the pastor said, you know, you have two choices. You can forgive her or you can divorce her. And I'm waiting and I'm thinking, this is it. And I remember my ex looking over saying I'm going to forgive her Mm -hmm. and in that moment I did not know what I was going to do in that moment so much fear so much regret because of what I did and what I I chose to do to get out of this relationship because nobody would hear me um I just wanted out of the cycle of control out of the cycle of fear out of the cycle of manipulation. I just wanted to know who I was. And I ended up staying in that marriage a couple more years until I finally just left. And when I left that marriage, I left the church Mm -hmm. and I remember calling the pastor of the church saying, I I'm, I'm leaving. Don't call me. Basically. I won't call you. And I went into a scary world a world where I was not equipped to handle anything. And I ended up with abusive men. Um, I didn't even know my identity. I didn't even know how to barely function. And um, so I rolled with that for a few years. And then I ended up um, connecting with, a man who used to attend the church when we were kids and so i found myself in the same cycle again and i married that man because it was safe i married that man because i thought that the way i was living i needed to go backwards to what i knew and it's so crazy i wanted affirmed by that church so bad. I remember trying to get back into the church. And I remember when the pastor finally said we could come back. I remember us sitting there and the auditorium and then the members left the room to vote whether we could come back or not. Mm. And so here I am again putting myself in the thing that I wanted out of the most and over time, um, that marriage ended up dissolving over time. I ended up a repeated cycle again, um, going out, doing things that are not safe, trying to figure out who I was. And so this was years and years of me trying to run away and get out and putting myself into danger, um, and putting myself back into abusive relationships. It's not, to me, it's it's not just about physical abuse. There's, there's the mental, there's the emotional, there's the spiritual. And I was, all that was hovering over me. And so much shame. I think the shame came from all the times I was shamed. <laughs> In front of the church or or brought in the pastor's office or maybe my mom shaming me or maybe people in the church shaming me i remember one time i walked out and there was a letter on my windshield that somebody had wrote me from the church and and they didn't have um they didn't sign it which I'm thinking you write me a letter and you can't even sign it, but it was all just rebuke about how rebellious I was and and how I needed to get my life right with God and, and all because I cut my hair short or I was wearing pants. Um, and that's just not okay. And I'm not making excuses anymore for that. And that's why I'm sharing my story, because in 2010, after I relapsed again, I realized that I needed to figure out what was going on because I, can't, I couldn't continue living this way. And I realized that there is more people that have struggled in a church system, which has been abusive, than we care to talk about or we care to know about. And so I wanted to share my story because I know that there's people out there, there's men and women who at the hands of somebody in authority, whether it was their parents, whether it was a pastor, whether it was a deacon, whether it was a youth pastor, they're afraid to talk about it. And I'm not afraid to talk about it anymore because I've had healing over the past 10 years of my life. And I know who God is. And I know He's not that God that was presented to me. I know who I am. And I wasn't designed to go through the things that I went through. And I realize that my mess is now my message. And I want others to know that whatever abuse you're going through, that doesn't define who you are. And I pray that you're able to get the help that you can get to have the freedom um, in your life, that you're not, you're not stuck in that pattern of what, what you've lived. And this is a very hard thing for me to talk about. The beauty of this is the pastor of that church, and his wife know that I'm sharing this testimony. The pastor of that church and his wife about four years ago came to me and humbly apologized um, and asked me to forgive them for what they put me through. And over the past few years, I've been able to have honest conversation with them about what happened and what shouldn't have happened. And they've not made any excuses They've taken full ownership and not everybody gets that in an abusive situation. I'm very thankful that I, I have received that gift to be able to forgive, to be able to ask these honest questions, to fill in the holes, to fill in the blanks so that I can continue to grow and move forward. So I can continue to help others who are struggling in abuse. And so that's, That's my story in a nutshell.
0: And I'm, I'm curious as they have come to apologize, is there a change in them and in their, and are they still in spiritual leadership where they're able to now do something different?
1: Absolutely. So they took a break. They, they stepped away from the church that they had pastored for years. They, they apologized before the church, um, and so, yes, they are now pastoring another church, and I totally believe that they're doing it differently.
0: What a, what a uh, hopeful, a beautiful moment of, of hope to be able to come full circle in that for them and proof that even abusers need help and that when that help is available and used, there can there's a possibility of a turnaround. Um, thank you for that, Tracy. What would you tell sixth grade Tracy if you could go back and prepare her for her journey?
1: I would tell her that people and their choices don't have to define her, that she does have a voice, that she is courageous. That she is stronger than she ever gave herself credit for. um, And that she can be a light to those who are hurting. Hmm.
0: And looking back on it, I mean, I, I wish you wouldn't have had to have gone through that. I don't want anyone to go through any kind of abuse. Looking back on it, though, now years removed... And as you said earlier, you're taking your mess and turning it into a message. What is that like for you now? I mean, would you, if you could go back and change that, would you change it, or is that going to be what the next chapter of your life is—is is to help others going through it? What, how, wh- where, what does that feel like as you're grappling with that now?
1: So, I think there was a point in time that I wish that all that would have changed or could have changed or would have changed or didn't happen. Um, But I'm in the mindset now that it did happen. And so how can I change? Mm. How can I be the change? How can I be the voice? And so I'm, I can't wallow in the regrets of, or the what ifs and the whys because that stuck, that kept me stuck in such a horrible cycle of unforgiveness, of shame. And so my journey now is to find every bit of the positive I can find in the middle of the mess.
0: And where do you find that positive and that hope?
1: Oh, well, I have definitely developed my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's not about a set of rules. It's, it's about me, finding out who he is and what he's done for me. Um, And the beauty of it is um, I don't, I can ask God, God, is this what you want for me? Um, And obviously as I read the Bible and I know what truth is, the things that I used to, to have, you know, that I was made to do um, like for the longest time, like dresses were not an option for me or culottes per se. Um, anything to do with what what was set before me was not an option. Um, so I I listen to music with drums in it now. I wear a dress proudly because I can choose to wear that dress. Or and so there's many things I know that I can choose today that that still stay within my convictions and not the convictions that were were just like drilled into me. Um, I was raised that the King James Bible is the only Bible that I should read. And for the longest time, I couldn't even pick up a Bible because the Bible was used in it as a, a, a weapon. And um, now I read different versions, and I'm fine with that.
0: And when you talk about weaponizing the Bible, I mean, it, it feels like, when it, especially when it comes to spiritual abuse, we can take things out of context so deeply. You know, the, when you said earlier, women were raised to be wives with no education just to stay at home and don't work. And, the, and then also the, the verse of women, honor your husband, submit to them. I mean, the, when those get taken out of context, that's where abuse comes. How do you now reconcile that abuse of the Bible and that weaponization of it with being able to pick up that Bible King James or otherwise, what, what do you go through when you have to kind of reconcile that?
1: So for me, I had to go through counseling um, and I needed to find a counselor that would understand. So I, God connected me with an amazing counselor who has been through spiritual abuse himself. And um, for the longest time, even up until recent days, um, it is every time I would pick up a Bible, I would panic. And an unhealthy fear would come over me. And so he encouraged me to find different avenues to connect with God. And so that's where I started. I started through worship music. And I then after that, I started through devotionals. And then after that, it was like, okay, I'm ready. And so I'm, I'm picking up the Bible and I'm reading it. And it's not a weapon to hurt me, but it's a, a tool to help me in my life.
0: And what, for for those listening, who the story may resonate with, or they may think this kind of feels like something I'm going through, what should they be looking for as red flags? That might really speak to them to say, yes, you you are definitely facing some sort of spiritual abuse, and you need to to reach out and find some help. What would you what if, what would you tell them to look out for?
1: So I would say, if you are you know being brought behind closed doors, and um, you have this uh, fear within you, um, and you're not able to have an honest conversation, so it's a one sided conversation and then you're being manipulated or fear is being put in you. Those are red flags. Um, for me, I think now, like I know now if that was to happen to me, I would say, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not having this conversation with you unless I can bring somebody in with me. Um, and so I think it's important to know that if you can't have an opinion or you can't have a thought or you can't say that's making me uncomfortable Um, or you can't question, like if you're not able to question, then that's a problem.
0: Absolutely. And let's, let's leave listeners with a little bit of hope what your nowadays looks like and what you see in the future. You've been through all the spiritual abuse, the sexual abuse, the domestic abuse. I mean, my, my goodness, Tracy, so much. And thank you for sharing all of it. What would you offer up now for hope for someone listening that says, yeah, that's me and what's my next step and, and this kind of a thing? What, what can you offer for that positivity again?
1: Oh, wow. So um, this has been 2010 was my rock bottom again. And here we are in 2020. And I cannot believe, like, I don't even know that that woman from 2010. And, and I'm so thankful for that. But I think you have to realize that you have the power to choose. And when I realized that I had the power to choose, that was just so, it enlightened me to the point of so many possibilities in my life. I mean, I cannot even believe that I am working for a church now. I cannot believe that I'm a ministry leader. I cannot believe that I, I am where I'm at considering what I've been through. I mean, there are so many people that I know in my generation that was raised in that same church. They are just so lost and they're not connected and they're they're just surviving. They're not living. And so there are so many resources out there to get help. And my future, I just want to give people a testimony of hope of encouragement, of love. I want to love people right where they're at, but I also want to show them that they don't have to stay stuck. Mm -hmm. And they're, I mean, I could just go on and on. I am, I am at peace finally. I am at peace of who I am in Christ. I am at peace of who I am as a mom, as a wife, as a friend. And it's just amazing. I don't live in that shame. um, And that, fear and that anxiousness anymore i can have honest conversations with my pastors and it's amazing Um, and so i think if you're feeling stuck you if you could just realize you have the power to choose and you find the right place and the right people whether it's counseling whether it's it's a church and i understand if you've had a bad church experience not all churches operate the, the way that your your church operated I found that out and you have to be willing and open for something new. It's almost like your mind is conditioned or programmed all the do's and don'ts, but that's not what it's about. It's about relationship. And so I would just encourage you to find those safe places where you can begin to unpack and know that there are healthy relationships out there.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Tracy, for opening up, for sharing all of this. This couldn't have been easy, but your, your sharing is a, a light to the listeners and it offers hope and it offers a, a, a view of a way out. So, so thank you for that very much.
1: Thank you for your time, Dan, and I pray this helps somebody.
0: Thank you for listening to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, Please visit our website d a s a s m i org that's d a s a s m i org or call our hotline at 800 828 2023 we are here to walk alongside you now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show please share it social media email simply telling someone about it all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence